At Idea Public Schools, we're more than K-12 schools that are open to all students. We're dreamers. We're scholars. We're creators. We're leaders. We're the future. And our success starts now. Apply to attend Idea Public Schools for the 2022-2023 school year by visiting ideapublicschools.org slash apply. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol is the Executive Director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, past chair of the Board of Directors of the National Council on Aging. She's a member of the RAISE Family Caregiving Advisory Council under the Department of Health and Human Services, and they recently uh, issued their report, uh, which has gone to Congress and elsewhere, laying out an incredible number of recommendations when it comes to caregiving and how we look at it. She has a master's degree in social gerontology, nearly 30 years experience in the field of aging and caregiving. And she was one of Next Avenue's top 50 influencers on aging. Carol, you know, you ought to be 110 years old when I, I read know, all that. I know, I know. I, that's what I was, I was, I'm looking into the camera going, yeah, yeah, that shows. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest today, and we'll introduce uh, Dr. Slara in just a moment, is someone that you've known for quite a while. Well, absolutely. My entire tenure, I think, with the WellMed Charitable Foundation, you know, um, Dr. Scalar Elliott has been one of our go-to people for all of these years uh, in his expertise in caregiving and, and research, um, been a tremendous asset to the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Let's welcome him on board, Dr. Elliott Montgomery Scalar. Uh, we're going to be talking about LGBTQ issues in caregiving, Dr. Sklar is an associate professor of health care sciences at Nova Southeastern University in Florida. He brings more than a decade of experience in public health to the program today. He's worked in many capacities to support the needs of communities and caregivers, both as an educator, as a manager of community-based health programs in Canada and the U.S. Dr. Sklar is an expert in issues addressing aging in the LGBT community, and he's published and presented his work internationally. And Dr. Sklar, Elliot, great to see you again. And we see you on Zoom, but our listeners don't have the benefit of uh, seeing us. They're just hearing us. And again, Elliot, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Carol, for your kind words. It's great to be with you. Well, you know, um, Elliot, I was thinking uh, as I was looking that you're coming on the show and thinking about maybe the need to go kind of get back down to the ground level. You have done a tremendous amount of work and helped us to to reach out to the LGBTQ community. But what what's what is it that makes caregiving, what special challenges, what's unique about the LGBTQ community that other people may not realize or understand uh, that there are some issues that are unique? You know, uh, two weeks ago, um, PBS, uh, NPR, and actually Good Morning America had segments about the fact that LGBTQ seniors are afraid of housing discrimination in long-term care settings 
but also in senior living communities. Um, most people don't know that the Fair Housing Act prohibits the denial of housing based upon race, religion, or sex, but there is no federal law that explicitly protects people based upon their sexual orientation or gender identity. And so that's really a big issue right now. Yeah, so just even the ability, I can remember uh, when I first got out of college uh, and I was ready to get an apartment with my roommate from college and we could not find an apartment because no one would rent to two women living together. And, you know, that now they would not be able to do that. But, you know, we didn't present ourselves as a couple. It was just two women. Uh, and so it was it was interesting to face that kind of discrimination. I, I had never experienced that before. When did you realize you were being discriminated against? Well, I mean, it was when we got denied by about, I don't know, 10 different apartment complexes. And the only way we ever got an apartment was to have um, the, uh, the, uh, one of our dads co-sign the lease. Wow. Because they, they would not rent to two women. You know, we've certainly, I hope, made strides since then. But unfortunately, to this day, only 18% roughly of all long-term living facilities um, have any type of a policy that specifically protects residents in terms of their gender identity or sexual orientation. But such a small percentage of the very many long-term care uh, communities that exist for seniors. So rightfully so, many LGBTQ seniors have a lot of apprehension about being open about who they are uh, if they do have to place a loved one in a long-term care facility or uh, themselves are facing the prospect. Well, what about in the healthcare arena? You know, what kind of issues might uh, the caregivers, if someone's in the hospital, you know, going to medical appointments, are there issues in that arena as well? Absolutely. You know, um, gay marriage only became legal on a federal level in 2015. And so many couples who had been together prior to that time may not have opted to get formally married. But that protection of marriage extends to caregivers in terms of family medical leave benefits, but also in terms of access to be able to make decisions and to be present for medical appointments. Um, right now, especially as we continue to go through COVID, uh, we know that one of the concerns of all caregivers is that they're not able to uh, be at appointments with their loved ones. So that is something very important to consider. We'll pick that up in a moment, but for folks who are just joining us, I'd like you to know you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline with Dr. Elliot Sklar, an expert in dealing with the kind of issues we are talking about in caregiving involving the LGBTQ community. And one of the things, Elliot, I heard you say is that at the federal level, there still are no protections uh, for folks who happen to be LGBTQ. Uh, and it, it turns out uh, that Congress doesn't appear to be willing to grant that protection. So the Fair Housing Act prohibits denial of housing um, based upon race, religion, or sex, but not explicitly based upon people's sexual orientation or gender identity. And that's a, a very important issue for many older LGBTQ community members. Well, we saw in Texas a law signed by the governor that uh, actually authorizes discrimination against transgender athletes. You know, in, if you think about the size of Texas, uh, only four long-term care facilities are credentialed by an organization called SAGE as, um, 
as being inclusive of individuals who um, perhaps have a different gender identity or sexual orientation. Uh, only four. Like, only four. Wow. It must drive you nuts. Well, it just lets me know that we have a lot of work to do ahead of us. And um, I think that that's true for uh, clinicians, healthcare workers, but also as a society. Well, there's there are other issues with older adults from the LGBTQ community. I believe I've seen some statistics about the number that live alone, um, you know, actually not having uh, someone that they can uh, call or, or identify a family caregiver. Um, so could you talk a little bit about some of the other challenges? So that is a huge challenge. There is a higher amount of isolation among older LGBTQ adults, a higher number of them do live alone. And it's interesting that the pandemic sort of brought to the forefront the issue of isolation among seniors. Uh, the Kaiser Family Foundation um, conducted a study and about 74% of LGBTQ seniors reported that during the course of the pandemic, their mental health uh, got worse. Um, and that's based upon self-report, but by comparison, only 49% of non-LGBTQ uh, seniors reported that their mental health had suffered due to the pandemic. And that's chiefly due to the isolation that you're talking about. So social isolation everywhere, it's a bad thing. Definitely. I think the pandemic, like I said, certainly brought that to the forefront. And for folks, who are living alone, who, who may happen, happen to have a, a different sexual orientation. Other organizations, you mentioned SAGE, places they can go to get help to advocate on behalf of themselves. SAGE is a tremendous organization. They have chapters all across the country, and they also have great resources that help to connect folks with resources in their local communities. Another wonderful resource that people don't often turn to is just the, the resource of calling 211. And you can dial that number from any phone in any county across the United States, and you can ask for specific resources in your local community. Well, talk a little bit about, you know, you've done a, a, every June, we have a series we have during Pride Month uh, on our caregiver teleconnection, which the caregiver teleconnection is a telephone-based program where caregivers can call in anonymously, um, get education uh, and support, they, you know, support each other. And you and our good friend, Lucy Berrylack, who is a social worker in Canada, have been leading those efforts. Um, talk a little bit about the kinds of subjects that you cover uh, when, in your series. At the very beginning of the pandemic, um, there were certain medical groups that had said that LGBTQ adults were more at risk of COVID-19 infection. And so we got right on top of that, talking about the importance of that issue and the timeliness of it. And actually, we continued talking about the issues surrounding um, uh, inequities in our healthcare system and how LGBTQ individuals have been treated differently during this pandemic. For example, the inability to donate blood plasma, uh, which was being used to help treat people at the beginning of the pandemic. So there's been a lot of hot topic issues, but there's also a lot of systemic issues that we talk about, um, just like the issue of long-term care and how to find long-term care that is inclusive and diverse and accepting and also how to um, deal with issues related to estate planning and um, family medical leave act issues. 
the issue of, of marriage that we were talking about. Um, we get questions from seniors all across the country and, um, and caregivers, and they have some unique issues and some unique challenges. I know some are concerned that if the issue of gay marriage uh, were to end up back in the Supreme Court, uh, that right might be at risk. Huge concern, and there's been a lot of advocacy on, on the part of the community in that regard, um, because that is a very important protection. There are over 500 laws and rights that uh, marriage on a federal level provides for couples. Yeah, we All have right. a friend uh, uh, who is married, he's gay, uh, and, and one of the reasons, uh, well, obviously they love each other and they're happy to do that, uh, but they were concerned that if they didn't do it now, uh, you don't know what's going to happen. There are a lot of people that would uh, relate to that sen sentiment for sure. Right. And caregive caregiving stress situations are stressful enough without additional stress. You know, it, it can feel like the world's not rowing in the same direction uh, that you're rowing anyway. Uh, and then to have more adversity piled upon you or fear piled upon you, um, I think really takes a toll. Uh, I'd love to, to, you know, take a look at the future and, and maybe some things that we might be able to do differently after our break. We'll do that in just a moment. Thank you, Carol. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, Dr. Elliot Squire, our special guest. We're talking about LGBTQ issues in caregiving and in life. Thank you for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. Imagine feeling and staying your best. If you have Medicare and Medicaid and live with day-to-day -day health issues, WellMed can help. Our care model can prevent problems before they start, so you stay healthy as possible. Dual special needs Medicare Advantage plans may offer services you don't get today and at lower out-of-pocket costs. Get lower prescription drug costs, dental and hearing services, and much more. To learn more, visit discoverwellmed.com or call 866-292-0375. Hello, friend. We are so pleased you are with us here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline with Dr. Elliot Sklar, and we're talking about LGBTQ issues in caregiving and in life. And as you think about the kind of issues we're talking about, you've written widely about many of them. Can you share some of that with us? We were talking about... Uh what some of the unique issues are that seniors who are LGBTQ identifying uh, experience. And in healthcare, there are a lot of challenges and barriers. If you think, for example, of someone who might have been born in 1951, they would be 70 years old today, but just 18 when the Stonewall um, riots occurred in New York, which was pivotal in beginning the Pride Movement. And that person would be 22 years of age when homosexuality was no longer considered a mental disorder. So imagine going through your formative years thinking that the concept of your sexuality made you mentally ill. And then that wow. same person would have been 30 when HIV was first discovered. So these are a lot of milestones in our country in healthcare um, that are pivotal for these people's life experiences. So I think it's important that we take pause and sort of think about that as we think about some of the trauma people might feel when they seek out medical care. 
and also especially when they seek out mental health care as well. Well, um, just in general, I know you you think about caregiving and some of the things that uh, caregivers need. Do you have recommendations that you put forth for things that you'd like to see done differently, more of this, less of that? Uh, you know, I think that that's such a great question. Um, one of the things that Lucy and I do in our teleconnection um, sessions called The Pride of Caring it's a series that is really tailored for LGBTQ serving professionals and community members. And we like to be inclusive of both groups because we need more healthcare professionals to become sensitive to the issues that LGBTQ seniors and caregivers in particular face. Um, I recall one session specifically where we had a, a gentleman whose partner had been diagnosed with prostate cancer and they were unmarried and they were considering marriage, but they didn't want that major life decision to be hinged upon something related to health and have that detract from what should have been a very special time for both of them. And the sensitivity of that issue from the perspective of being a caregiver uh, as it pertains to medical leave and um, estate planning and so on, um, but also as it relates to relationships and the dynamics of love and perhaps coming out at a later point in life. Um, these were all things that I think touched many of the healthcare professionals in our audience and made them recognize that we need more sensitization in our healthcare environments. Uh, in, in a healthcare setting, uh, it, it isn't one of the questions that a doctor ordinarily would say to a patient or to a caregiver, you know, are you gay? Are you LGBTQ? but it will come up if the patient brings it up. You know, it does depend on circumstances, but often um, many medical questionnaires will now ask you to list um, an in case of emergency person. And so just that question in and of itself is often a coming out for many patients. If they have to disclose rather in that form that um, perhaps they might be partnered to someone of the same sex. Um, so there are um, sort of clues, you know, that are not as overt for many people when they consider it. But uh, these are simple things that actually deter many people from seeking out healthcare or changing healthcare providers. Remember well, years ago, in interviewing a USA Today columnist uh, who was gay, one of the first to come out, and she talked about an office setting uh, that was very difficult for her because everybody had pictures of their loved ones on their desk. And she hesitated to put a picture of her same-sex loved one. Well, and I, I think that I can remember back years ago when um, I had a, a gentleman that his partner had some health issues and, and we helped connect them through a well-med physician. And the next time I came to, to see him, you know, he was in tears because he said for the first time, the physician treated them like a couple was willing to talk to him about, you know, with his partner's permission about the condition, expressed concern for what he was going through as his caregiver. And he felt this entirely different dynamic. And it, I was surprised, but um, just wondering what it's like to not feel like you have that, that support to, to have maybe someone not respect and, and feel like that they caregivers sometimes don't get to become part of the healthcare team anyway, but for it to be even further away uh, and the frustration that goes with that. And, and then you talked about 
uh, trauma that come the over the course of a lifetime. How many times do you hit a roadblock? How many times do you get dismissed? I mean, and that's what um, is so insidious about some uh, being disrespective uh, uh, of other people and cultures. There was a study recently that showed that uh, women who identify as lesbian obtain mammograms at less than half the rate of their heterosexual counterparts. And, you know, that's one of the reasons if you think of going to an imaging center, you might not go to the same one consistently. So having to simply fill out that intake um, paperwork can be very off-putting for many people. So what you said, you recommended some training for healthcare professionals. Do you have other, any other recommendations how we can make the systems work better for older, either older LGBTQ and or their caregivers? Um, I think programs like the ones that WellMed support for uh, community members who might be living in rural areas, for example, not in uh, cities that have more dense concentrations of LGBT adults. Um, I think that we have a, a lot of work to do ahead. I think it begins with healthcare education, but also patient education. And as older LGBT adults and caregivers are out there, know that you can go online and look for your local community centers or for lists of providers, healthcare providers of all different kinds in your community that are known to provide compassionate care. And that's what people are seeking out, not further roadblocks. What causes the antipathy uh, on the part of some uh, when dealing with people who happen to be LGBTQ? What is that motivation? Is it simply not understanding differences? Think about it. A lot of our healthcare systems are still based in religious um, affiliation. And so that's one of the issues. Um, a lot of um, healthcare facilities may have particular sentiments toward people who identify as LGBTQ or have in the past, and then that creates a barrier. Um, there's also just a lack of education, a lack of awareness, and a lot of older providers may not have attended medical school or type of training at the time when uh, these types of issues were included in training curricula. So um, if you don't know, it makes you less inclined to necessarily feel like you can provide competent care. Well, and, and for, for those that would like to, to hear more from Elliot and from Dr. Scalar, we do uh -huh. have the Caregiver Teleconnection. You can find Elliot and our friend Lucy uh, monthly on our Caregiver Teleconnection sessions, and you can go to caregiversos.org or wellmedcharitablefoundation.org uh, and find all the places that Elliot is speaking. All those shows are archived as well, so uh, you are there in, per in perpetuity, Dr. Sklar. And we're <laughs> oh, yeah. delighted. Yeah, mine, delighted like a to have you there. <laughs> and, I, and I want to add that our participation rates in the Pride of Caring series that we host in June is so great and momentum has picked up. We also are offering it this coming January. So we do offer it twice a year now. There you go. And there's room for everyone. We're very inclusive on the Caregiver Teleconnection. Absolutely room for everyone who's interested in the subject. And again, caregiversos.org. You can get all the information you need to be part of the uh, teleconnection. Got a couple of minutes left, Dr. Sklar. And as I uh, think back on our conversation, what haven't we covered? What haven't we asked you? I'm going to provide a really good tip for caregivers and for male caregivers specifically right now, um, because we are going to be hosting a show about this, a special session 
on men and caregiving next month on the teleconnection. Um, one of the issues that many uh, older male uh, caregivers experienced was um, not knowing how to communicate and not knowing how to ask for help. And what was found in research is that when these people were um, told that if they, for example, got some respite care, some in-home care to assist them, that their loved one would reap the benefit of better care being provided to them. So it was very interesting what helped to motivate them. So if you are working with male caregivers out there, remind them that the help that they receive can help their loved one. Carol, I remember when we interviewed a Harvard professor uh, who was suddenly a caregiver for his wife, who had no idea that there was help out there until a student told him that. Well, you know, we've been on the air many years uh, and the message caregivers, we get new caregivers all the time who still don't know that there are other caregivers out there and that help is available. And so we're so glad any of you listening today, help us spread the word. Uh, Don't try caregiving by yourself. Uh, There is help available. And Dr. Sklar, thank you for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Dr. Elliot Sklar, and uh, we look forward to talking with you again. On behalf of Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. I thank all of you for joining us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. And I want to let you know that all of these shows are available on podcast as well. So go to your favorite podcast site and you will find Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Imagine getting control of your chronic health conditions. For 30 years, WellMed has helped patients with diabetes, heart disease, and other special care needs to live as healthy as possible. We want to be on your journey to take control of your health. Choosing a chronic special needs Medicare Advantage plan may offer more benefits for your unique health needs and can put you with the WellMed network of doctors. Learn more at discoverwellmed.com or call 866-292-0375. Blackhawk, a leader in law enforcement and military tactical gear for over 20 years, invites you to share in the holiday saving. From now through December, visit Blackhawk.com to sign up for exclusive offers to fit your tactical needs. Holiday offerings from Blackhawk include holsters, belts, lights, chest rigs, pouches, and so much more. Blackhawk, born from experience, made for the mission.